Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Plodcast, presented by Canon Press. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Douglas Wilson. This is episode 277. 277. Let's talk about Clown World. Uh, what <laughs> Things appear to be progressing at a pretty uh, good clip here. First, there was Clown World, people doing and saying bizarre things. Then things turned into creepy Clown World, uh, where, okay, things are a little... Well, more creepy. And now we're dealing with creepy clown world with chainsaws. <laughs> the, the clown world is they've broken out the chainsaws and they're doing awful things uh, with them. So how are we to respond? The abyss, which is where all this is headed, uh, another name for it is the outer darkness, cannot be satisfied in principle. goes back to that song by the Stones. Lust envy, striving, covetousness cannot be satiated. I can't get no satisfaction. And consequently, the people who are driven by this kind of uh, envy and lust, and as in Scripture, the, the sin of envy is frequently paired up with and is right next door to malice. Envy and malice go together like salt and pepper or ham and eggs. And the clash uh, between the the envy, the carking envy of destructive clown world, creepy clown world, and clowns with chainsaws world, the thing that the object of their hatred is uh, the normal. Okay, so if you uh, live in a suburban house, you have a cute wife and three little cute kids, and you mow the lawn on Saturdays, and you take the the family to church on Sundays, and you uh, enjoy a, a good job, and you you're well fed, and you, the roof of your house keeps the rain off, and your kids play in the backyard happily into the uh, into the late evening in the summers. You are the enemy. So the people the people want to destroy that. They don't. It's not just that they want to walk away from it themselves. It's not simply that people want to go live a different way. Oh, let me move to Greenwich Village and live like a bohemian lifestyle there. Uh, no, more is, more is going on. They want you to not have it. It's not just that they don't want it. It's they want to destroy it. They, they want that thing to go down they, because they're filled with malice. And this is why. Uh, you have the the trans surgeries. Th think about th think about this for a minute. So far to date, about seventeen states, and Idaho just joined them. About seventeen states have banned trans surgeries on minors. Okay, they've banned trans surgeries on minors. Now the thing that's striking about this is that that is controversial. That's controversial. Mom, can I buy a pack of cigarettes? No, you're five. Mom, can I get a, a fifth of bourbon? No, you're five. Mom, can I get a tattoo? No, you're five. 
Mom, can I drive the car? No, you're five. Mom, can I become a girl? Sure, honey. <laughs> and then when some adults step into this and say, no, 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 you can't, you can't make a pile of money uh, through, can, um, through um, this irreversible damage that you're doing, carving up little kids. And you say, I mean, what's going to happen when you come to your senses and you realize what you destroyed? Well, see, what we have to understand is that this is envy talking and destruction is the point. That is the point. Let's say you've got, uh, let's say you've arrested someone who was a serial murderer and one of the cops or let's say the prison chaplain was talking to him and said, you were killing little kids. The murderer would say, well, yes, that was the point. <laughs> that's, that's how I got my kicks. That's what I was, that's what I wanted to do. Our society is at that point. We are saying, uh, we, normal people are saying, you're cutting off the breasts of per perfectly healthy little girls. You're, you're castrating boys. And the answer to this is yes, that's the point. We want to cut and maim and destroy. Now, that's not the rhetoric, but that's the reality. That's not the rhetoric, but that's the reality. So what do we do in response? Well, the thing that we have to redouble our efforts at doing is we have to live normal Christian lives. Normal Christian lives. Make love to your wife. Mow the lawn. Enjoy beer and barbecue with your friends in the backyard. Conduct yourself like a normal human being. Th that's the antithesis. Normalcy is only going to be able to be recreated in Christ. And we have to live that out. And we have to be doggedly tenacious as we live it out. And you're not going to be able to be doggedly tenacious unless you're worshiping God on his day, every Lord's day. Always will be God. So continuing on with the podcast, episode 277, some sins we know are sins, while others are sins, uh, other sins hide themselves pretty successfully. As we continue studying hamartiology, we come to one of the best examples of this kind of sin. This is the sin of, well, We'll see. The word epilanthonomai, epilanthonomai, means to forget. Epilanthonomai. Now, many of us learned as children to use forgetting as an excuse. Your mom told you to make your bed, for example, and when she discovered that this had not been done, she spoke to you about it. It was the easiest thing in the world to say, but mom, I forgot. All right. Anybody remember that? Well, you might not remember. You might have forgot that too. But, but, but mom, I forgot. We thought that this excuse might mollify her. Oh, I, I was meaning to do it, but then I forgot. But what it just did was exacerbate the situation. And your mother, but what if, here's the thought experiment, but what if it just exacerbated the situation and your mother thanked you for confessing this additional sin? That will be five extra swats, she says. Now, forget, we'd say, hey, hey, this is not fair. I, I told you I forgot. Yes, that's another sin. That's, that doesn't ameliorate anything. That doesn't soften anything. Forgetting is a separate sin, one that compounds any other sins. A common ethical exhortation in the Old Testament is to remember. Remember, remember the Sabbath day, for example. Remember the Lord your God. 
remember, 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 and it was sinful to forget. All right, so the Old Testament tells us frequently to remember and not to forget. We see some of this in the New Testament as well. For example, do not forget to be hospitable. Do not forget to be hospitable. That's in Hebrews 13.2. Be not forgetful, there's our word, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Don't forget to be hospitable. It's easy to have one thing or another chase the thought of inviting somebody over out of your head, but don't forget. It's a sin to forget. It's a, it's a sin for it to just go by. A few, a few verses later, we're told not to forget about sharing in Hebrews 13, 16. But to do good and to communicate, and communicate here, this is the KJV, communicate here means share. But to do good and to communicate, share, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to share. Now, sometimes someone doesn't share because of overt greed. This is mine. You can't have any. Ha, ha, ha. All right. That's, that problem is obvi- obviously one of overt malice. But sometimes you might just say, this is mine, and I'm just eating my lunch, and you're not tuned in to the fact that the guy across the table forgot his lunch. Right, you forget to share. You forget to offer something. Well, the Bible says, "Don't don't forget about sharing." A sinful man is a forgetful man. A sinful man is a forgetful man. In James one twenty four, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was. So when you look in the Word of God and you see yourself reflected in the Word of God, and the Word of God pins you to the wall. And you say, oh, I got to get that spinach out of my teeth, or I've got to comb my hair. When, and you realize that when you're, looking at, when you're looking at your Bible, you realize you have to comb your hair. You realize you have to get that out of your teeth. But then as soon as you turn away from the mirror, it flits away. It just goes away. Forgetting what you look like when you were looking in the mirror is a sin. Okay? And in the next verse, we see the same exhortation with a different word. Uh, and that different word is epilesmone, epilesmone, which means forgetful. James one twenty five, the verse after 24, says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. James one twenty five. In other words, you don't want to be a forgetful hearer. You don't want to listen to the sermon, and then in one ear and out the other. One, a good practice to develop is uh, when you're listening to a sermon or when you're reading your Bible in the morning, decide what you're going to do. Okay? In other words, you need to make a plan. How can, I take, how can I take this message I've heard, this verse I've heard quoted, or this thing that I've um, had laid in front of me, Unless you're the sort of person who's been trained up to uh, implement and and put into into play or into action right away, you need to start making a point of deciding what you're going to do about it. God don't never change. He's God. All right, continuing on with uh, the podcast episode 277, the book I'd like to review uh, here is a book called "The Fifteen Invaluable Laws of Growth." By Maxwell. Now, I'm not a big 
fan of um, self-improvement books or self-help books. But I've read uh, some of Maxwell's stuff before, and there are a few things that he does. Uh, he's, he's a Christian, former pastor, but he's done a lot of personal growth, development, uh, leadership training, and that sort of thing. And he's the kind of uh, person who makes, uh, well, writes books like The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Uh, I first I first picked this book up. I, I got the book because our church is going through a major growth spurt. The Lord is sending us many, many reinforcements, and and we are pedaling hard to keep up, and the, the pastoral challenges, and it's just a, a big thing. So that's that's why I picked this uh, book up. I thought, okay, 15 Laws of Growth, this will be helpful to help me understand. And then um, when I started to listen to it, I, oh, this is this is a book about personal growth, your personal goals, personal improvement, personal everything. And um, But I was um, already into it when I came to this realization. This is not what I thought I was getting, but I got something different, and I appreciated it. Now, uh, um, just a, a caution or two. Uh, one of it's a minor annoyance. It's not a big deal, but it's a minor minor annoyance. Is that uh, Maxwell is the kind of person I think I think has been collecting quotes since he was in high school, and he's I think in the se- in the seventies now, or he may have been an older man when he wrote this book, and he may be older than that now. But he's been collecting quotes about you know every imaginable subject having to do with. Uh, integrity and growth and all you know all the things and the people he's quoting are from all over the map you know he quotes scripture he quotes gandhi he quotes uh, emerson he quotes thoreau he quote you know he just quotes <laughs> he just quotes everybody and generally speaking the quotes are on point and very good but you have to re- just keep in the back of your mind that a number of the people he's quoting would be mortal enemies it'd be sort of like a in a chapter on leadership, quoting Ulysses Grant and Robert E. Lee, uh, okay, do you know? <laughs> do you know that these guys were on opposite sides? So, so that's uh, that's one thing. And the book is a little bit self-helpy, if you know what I mean by that. But with that said, there are a number of principles here that are just really good. And there's there was no principle, no law that he laid down that I thought positively bad, but but there are uh, quite a few valuable things here. If you if you read self help books or self improvement books, I think um, I think this would be a good one to add to your stack. And I also would encourage you to not make a habit of reading those books, but just follow my example. I do it occasionally. Well, it's sort of a guilty pleasure, right? 